everybody yes. has different aspects of their life or their not their life but uh, aspects of who they are as human beings some that they some aspects that they are really scared of or maybe ashamed of and uh-huh. so they show that under the rug and then show what they want the world to see mm-hmm. i just choose to celebrate the different shades of who i am Ooh. welcome to the show I am your host, Anya Fombat, and I spark the heart conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the African community. And I also share stories about growing up as Africans in Africa and in the diaspora. I strongly believe that normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people, or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we will continue honoring Pride Month by shedding more light on a topic that has often been overlooked and certainly is unknown in the African community. I'm talking about the art form of drag. I will be speaking with Marshall, also known as Bibi Zahara Benet, who is Cameroonian-American drag performer, television personality, and musician best known for winning the first season of the reality television drag competition, RuPaul's Drag Race, in 2009. Currently, he stars in the TLC Transformational Makeover Television series, Dragnificent, as the event planning expert. He currently released an EP called Broken English, which is having a lot of great reviews and has a documentary called Being Bibi, the Bibi Zahara Benet documentary, which will premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival on June 19th through the 23rd. So welcome, Bibi Zahara Benet. I am so, when I tell you, I am so excited. I am so elated. I I don't know what other words can explain, but I am so excited to talk to you. I mean, I've done so many, many, many interviews, but I've not really talked to my people yet. Right. I haven't talked to you. Know I mean? So I'm so excited to have this these conversations with you. So That's how are you? Belief. You're looking fabulous. I am doing wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. You look amazing. I mean, with your hat, with you know, your feathers, like this, with you, the, know. you know, with everything. <laughs> It's always been such a pleasure speaking with you. Like, I mean, you just like light up this fire in me every single time we talk. Like, I mean, I just can't explain it. But I mean, the few, the feeling is definitely mutual. And I know when we start talking, talking, we never stop. Like we just go. We never and stop. And that's why have, we have to be very careful how long this is because we I can know. go on. It's right. almost like you probably have to have chapters of chapters because we have things to talk about, you right, know? Right, right, right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love such discussions. So let's just cut to the chase, like you said. All right. So tell us, I mean... This is more for the listeners because uh, yeah. I know all of that. <laughs> I'm just joking. Right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so who is Marshall Ngua? Just tell us your story, like from 
growing up to where you are today. Well, tell us your story until when you became what well, when you are the BB. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Was, uh, that, it's called just go watch the documentary. You're gonna get all that. <laughs> right? <laughs> watch the documentary. Sure. You're gonna get all that information. <laughs> right. No. I mean, oh my gosh. I am a son. I am. You know, I think my family would describe me as a son. I play the mother-father roles a lot in the family, you right. know. Um, I am I am an artist. I am a nurturer. I'm a friend. I am a brother. I am an uncle. I am... <laughs> right. You're everything. I am a cook. I am a... <laughs> you know, I am an event planner. I am I am a musician. Uh you know, I'm a friend. Right. I, I mean, that's. I think that that's what I, I want to believe that this is. These are the things that describe me, and most people around me would. You know, I'm a loyal person. It's right. you know, uh, <laughs> right. it's all love here. You know, right. I love right. all love here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, I've known you for a couple of years now. I mean, we. What the listeners may not know is we both actually went to school together, even though you were like way ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You were like way ahead of me, but like I always admired you. Like you were different to me in a good way. And I'm very mm -hmm. sure everybody else felt the same. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. you were so authentic. Like you yeah. were so unapologetic. That's, I feel um, like that was what really captivated me about you because yeah. I'm a low key type. Well, I'm a high key type A person. <laughs> okay. Like I'm a type A for sure. And I just go for what I want unapologetically. Yeah. You know, every now and then I kind of back off yeah. a little bit, you know, but yeah. uh, I mean, I felt like that's what really captivated at me about mm -hmm. you so um i mean not to give any spoilers to the documentary like how is life in cameroon being different well i think that you know i always tell people that i believe i'm one of the chosen ones like right. i'm one of god's chosen children or <laughs> right I, I always say that i feel like i'm one of the special ones and right. i say that with the most with the most love when i say that because of you know, if you take into consideration how I grew up, where I grew up, how our culture is and tradition and me just being, you know, my own unique self yeah. and in the kind of space that I, I was and I was living with the family and, and, and everybody else or in school. I just felt like I was the chosen one. I always knew as a child that I, I had a bigger purpose. I don't right. know. I, I didn't know what it was, mm -hmm. uh, what I was meant to do, but I just knew that. I had um, I had something big, like God put me here to do something, something. you know, drive some conversation, mm -hmm. create, so, like just use me as a vessel for something. And I right. didn't know what it was. And the funny thing is that back at home, I looked at all of you as different instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> when I was growing up as a child, I was like, but why are they like that? You know, a lot of people would say, oh, Papa Nyanga, or they would call me all these different right. names or however, boy, girl, or however they want to like define me at that time. And it was so funny because in my mind i was like why is everybody not like me not like, like you they're right? the ones that are the different ones <laughs> not me you know what i mean i'm not different you know right, that, and right. that, was, that was pretty much what was in my growing up and i just i i grew up in a family you know with my with family my mom and my dad and my siblings who never made me feel or look any different my my right. family my dad who I mean, he just passed a couple uh, like two years ago man he's always that's that was my dad was so such a such a a, a man such a in my in my life such a, a a trailblazer a role model for me and he he led with love 
he led with love and an open heart. And I think that God allowed me to be surrounded by that, by that kind of a family with my mom and my, my siblings. And it allowed me to be who I was and to flourish and to be able to, you know, you know, do what I do in it. I, I think that God, that's why I always say I'm the special kid, right? right. Cause it's, you don't hear these stories a lot coming from Cameroon, true, especially true. when you're talking to someone like me doing what I'm doing right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, it means everything coming from a supportive family. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that, you know, and I mean, for the most part, um, most of our African families are supportive than not, you know, because we have, we always grew up with that sense of community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Supporting one another, mm-hmm. but um, being different and choosing your own path, which is not typical of the African yeah. mm-hmm. mentality or ideology. It's, it's a, uh, it's very easy to have a lot of your loved ones not support you, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's such a blessing to have your loved ones and the people that you look up to, the people you trust that support you no matter what. And that is actually one of the, the reasons why I had this series um, this month on a Pride Month, because um, a lot of people from the LGBTQIA plus community, they really don't get that support, especially mm-hmm. from their immediate families or just from mm-hmm. their community members. So that's really why I wanted to shed more light on it to just you know, sensitize people about these topics and stuff now. And a lot of times, a lot of times it's not about that the, there isn't any support. It's a lack of understanding. Understanding. Or even it's a lack of understanding understand. and lack of knowledge, yes. right? I, I, that's how I look at it, yes. you know, because you find people, like even when I was growing up, I don't feel like my family... I want to talk about family. I want to talk about my immediate family, right? Like my mom, my dad, and my siblings. I'm not talking about the aunts and uncles mm-hmm. or whatever. Just my own immediate family. You know, even the things that they never understood, like growing up as a child, being interested in the arts. You know, interested in performance, interested in in makeup, hair, fashion. You know, music, all of that stuff that you typically don't see right. a male. You know, a male being interested back at home, even without them not uh, understanding there was still that element of support there. Do you know what I'm saying? So I just feel like a lot of times it's not as if the families do not want to support. They probably don't understand. Mm -hmm. They probably don't have the knowledge. And it's it's, it's for us, you know, to be able to uh, bring that light or shed that knowledge to them for them to try to understand as long as they are willing to. to Some yes. in back at home are absolutely like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ah, no. Nah. <laughs> right, but, right. And I feel like that's, that's also what we suffer with the most, especially people of a different generation. Just that yeah. willingness to understand because in order for you to have that willingness, you need to be open-minded, right? Totally. Because <laughs> if totally. you're not open-minded, you won't consider any other thing Mm -hmm. that's out of your, you know, comfort zone. So that willingness to understand, to go out of your comfort zone, to get into the other person's world and really get where they're coming from. You know, it's just having that empathy. is very, very important. Yeah, and I remember even growing up, even growing up as a child back at home and not even back at home, even when we were in school, you know, I think that a lot of, of, a lot of the people that were close to me and I would talk about like my mom, when back at home, my mom would allow me to explore what I wanted to explore when it came to the artistry, right? Yeah. My mom allowed me, you know, I know I, I remember times when I would help my mom with makeup. I would help my mom with hair. Yeah. I would help my siblings with fashion. This is me being young or perform- like they allowed me even without necessarily understanding, you know, what it is. They allowed me to do that. And even when I went to school, like even in college or whatever, a lot of the teachers allowed me to be that. 
You yeah. know, the, yeah. I mean, you went to school with me. You saw I was I was leading the choir. Oh, yeah. you were I was like, in like <laughs> if any big thing that was happening in school, I was there. I was social yes. drama <laughs> performances on stage. You know, to the point where even like even like our our uh, our principals, like I, I would always be one of those reading the the verses. You know, in yeah. the Bible in church. Like there was always like the moments that always allowed a, a personality to be there. They always put me in those things. Right, you know, and right. they probably never understood why. But they were drawn to my energy and they were drawn to my gift. Right. They were drawn to my gift. And I feel like that is what is missing back at home yeah. with our with 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 family is that we are ignoring the gifts of the children. Exactly. We're ignoring that. Exactly. You know, we're not allowing ourselves to explore that and see what it does or what it can do yes. for just not that only that child, but even for the family. Yes. And we can go in and just tell you how my gift has created what it has created. That's yeah. a whole, yeah. that's a whole that's topic. Likely. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna touch briefly on that later. I mean, talking about um, gifts and how it's very common for especially our parents to ignore our gifts, um, I would probably suspect or i i would suppose that when you move from cameroon to america you probably i mean or maybe um you know our parents will send us abroad you know to be a doctor to be a lawyer mm-hmm. to be a you know the big names and stuff <laughs> well what they consider the big names actually but you know i i it's a, it's a kind of a little bit of a stretch for every parent to send their child over to america for art you know what I mean? Well, my parents didn't send me for art. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I want to hear more of that. <laughs> like, how was it for you? Uh, they definitely didn't send me for the art. Right? Not... <laughs> no, it's so fun. No, my parents, they sent me to come here to school, just like every African family, like come here, go to school, you know, get an amazing job. So you can, like, a really amazing job. Yeah. So you can take care of yourself. Family, you yeah. can take care of the family. The same thing. It's nothing different from my story was nothing different coming here. But when I came to America and the purpose was to go to school, just being here in America, I discovered so much in the art form. Like I was I was just just exposed yeah. a lot to the to to to, to art. Yeah. And I remember going to I, I started going to school and I remember very well my mom will tell you because she still she still has the letter. My mom still talks about the letter today. <laughs> I remember going and then there was a point in going to school I was like you know I was sitting in class and I just got there was just a realization that this is not for me. Right. Like this is not for me. Like <laughs> I have to be honest because I was so frustrated. I just getting up and going to school and wanting to go to school and even do homework, whatever. I even I was this young boy with just a lot of desire to want to just use my gift yeah. in whatever shape or form. I did not even know what shape or form it would take, mm-hmm. but I knew that I had stuff to give. And so even going to school was very frustrating to me and I was just getting so miserable. I remember very well writing like pages back then. We wrote letters back home. It wasn't like you can, <laughs> it's not that way you can <laughs> right, send an email. Yeah. You were writing letters you're right and you send them in the mail i don't i remember i don't forget we're writing and i wrote this long letter to my parents and i said hey i know that you sent me here to come to go to school and you sent me here to to just make a better life for myself i understand that i respect that and i would always cherish that but i feel like there are other ways that i can still achieve the same thing without necessarily going to get this 
whatever this degree is that you want me to get. Right. I want to be in the art. I have to be in the art. I will be in the art. That's what I said. I just had that conviction because right. I knew that no matter what they see, no matter what they do, I will do that. Right. And I knew that. And But then I also knew that that was a challenge that I was, that I was putting myself with because yeah. if I was going to stop going to school then and I would focus on this, then I have to be successful at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have to do exactly what and 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 the rest is history. I send that back at home, and once I send it back at home, I went right into my craft, just exploring and building and trying to figure out how to build a brand for myself, build a name for myself, build my, all of that. And I always that's why I always tell people like when it comes to the art form of drag, I'm sure we're going to talk more about it. But when it comes to the art form of drag, I never got up and said, "Oh my gosh, I want to just dress like a girl and go out." Yes, I look fabulous. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I knew that. I was going to use that art form to create a brand for myself and to make it a business venture for myself. And so when I was working, when I started working, I started working with that mentality of being a brand and making money. Wonderful. I mean, your success, you've been successful in so many things and your success story is just a typical example of um, the fact that, you know, we who are going to be parents one day, we should not limit our children. Like we should, we should guide the children, but not pick a future for them. Because when you let a child actually excel in what they're very passionate about, then they're going to be more successful and they're actually going to find a lot of purpose in that. You know what I mean? So I I do. great because that's i always say god god i do believe that god gives everybody different gifts that's right. why we go to the doctors when right. we're sick that's why we go to that's why we go to restaurants to go eat when we are hungry that's right. why we listen to music when we want to get a set that's why we do all the different things we do because god gives the gifts to the people that are skilled at and right. yes you can live you can be in a different kind of craft that you're doing you will never be content you wouldn't i can guarantee you and i'm speaking out of experience you would never be content until Until. you find your purpose and pursue your purpose exactly that's that you will never be and i always tell people like as an african male you're told to grow up and take care of the family make money take care of this do this they don't tell you what kind of job that you need to do (laughs) to do that they just think you have to be the lawyer you have to be the doctor you have to be all of this yeah they didn't tell, but who tells you that being an artist doesn't do the same thing? Right. I'm, I'm living proof that it does the same yeah, thing. I'm, I'm living in my art. I've been living it, in it for 20 years now. Yes. Self-employed, not yes. working for anybody for 20 years. And I've done everything, even more right, than right. what my family has asked me to do. So that just lets you know, if you just allow and just nurture the gifts of the, of the kids, you'd be surprised. Yeah, and you don't only have to be those four roles, a lawyer, doctor, lawyer, um, engineer, or pharmacist or whatever to be successful, you know? Uh, I yeah. mean, and I, I know like um, when we spoke the last time, you said something that really stuck with me because um, we were talking about, you know, our experiences during the quarantine and, you know, the pandemic and everything. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were focusing on um, essential workers, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the essential workers, of course, were like, you know, the doctors, the healthcare professionals, the grocery stores and stuff. But like a lot of people, I mean, did not really realize until the pandemic that art was actually very essential. Like music, movies, Netflix. I mean, all of those things actually contributed to a lot of 
like it prevented a lot of deaths from suicide. It prevented a lot of cases of depression, you know, because mm-hmm. things are also very essential. So I, I also think another thing that kind of limits, especially us in Africa, are the resources, right? Um, mm-hmm. But once we start paying more attention to the art, you know, we definitely will succeed because we're so talented. We're probably one of the most talented people in the world. You know, we just need to be more organized and bring the right resources. You don't know how much I want to do for, you know, like I hate talking about how I've supported our community, uh, the Cameroonian community, the African community, because I do that. You do that for the love of the community, but you don't know how I just have so much desire to even do more and do more with our people because there is so much talent that is just so, you don't understand. There are so many talented Cameroonians. There's so many talented Africans that are out there that just need to find the the, the space, to find the collective, to find their tribe, to find their own artistic family to be able to, and we can, I mean, we come here in America and we're all trying to follow pop culture and do everything pop culture here when we also have our own tradition and we have our own culture, which is so unique and so amazing where we can make it where other we become trailblazers of that and other people can look at our own culture and be like, oh my gosh, yes, emulate that. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, if we can just allow ourselves to be and be present yes. and allow ourselves not to be judgmental and allow ourselves to be open-minded and allow ourselves to experience without any boundaries, we will move. I can guarantee you we are going to move mountains. Until we are able to do that, we will still be in the same place, same place. that we are enjoying the work of others. Of others, yeah. And yeah. remember, the work is happening here. It's not working. It's not happening back at home. Yeah. So we can stay here in America and enjoy everything that America has given, which I love and which I appreciate, which of what America has given to me to yes. be able to do what I do. But what back at home? It stays here. It's not going home it's until going we home. decide to make the change yeah. and make it happen back at home. Amen. You know. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, um, I, I honestly feel the same way. Honestly, and I feel like we have, I mean, aside from the podcast, we've had conversations and we will have more conversations on this because um, it's something that we definitely should, you know, do something about. And we're going to talk about that, you know, on another time. Now, who is BB Zahara Benet? Like, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> I think that, you know what, you've always seen BB. I think you have always, because we grew up in school together. Yes. I think you've always seen BB. I think BB has always manifested herself in play. I always say BB's my twin sister, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> she just gets to do different things and gets to, you know, do more things that maybe Marsha would not do. Right. But she's my twin sister and she has always manifested people say oh you know i put up this character like they say oh the art form of drag you decide to be this character first of all what i would say is that you have to everybody has a very different story we can all be doing the same kind of jobs but everybody's story is different and everybody does what they do for different reasons so in order to understand you have to talk to each individual because there is not another person that has my story and and, in yours as well and um when i think of bb bb has always been that different color of who I am that I choose to celebrate and choose to showcase and choose to <laughs> to bring the light for people to be able to enjoy that light. Right. Um, it's not an alter ego. I always right. tell people, you know, it's not an alter ego. It's not a character that, oh, I just decide to create. No, it, the BB has always been part of it. Anybody who knows Marshall, 
growing up from Cameroon, anybody who was very close to me, like I didn't have to come to America and for America, what America did was America gave me the ability to be really, to be able to develop my craft, nurture it and let it flourish. That's what it did. But it did not create this color of who I am. It's always been there growing up as a child. Oh, yes. Anybody who knows me, you can go, can you can go all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was, it was all the way back. And it's just, it's this other color of mine, this other shade of mine, this other personality that is there. And everybody has that. Everybody yes. has different aspects of their life or their, not their life, but uh, aspects of who they are as human beings. Some that they, some aspects that they are really scared of or maybe ashamed of. And uh-huh. so they show that under the rug and they and show what they want the world to see. Mm-hmm. I just choose to celebrate the different shades of who I am. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yes to authenticity. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. very important. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. So now let's dig deeper into the art form of drag, right? Because I feel like I, I, I'm not really um, that familiar with that. And mm-hmm. Who else better than you, you know, to talk to us about it? And I believe our listeners, especially the African listeners, it's something that's not often spoken about. And eventually we're going to touch on some facts versus some myths about the drag community. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just want us to get deeper into, like, who is a drag queen? Like, what does it mean to be a drag queen? And Or a drag king, because I discovered there is a drag king, too. They are the yes. drag kings, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that, well, for those who do not know, um, I'll just try to make it like summarize where it all began back, back, back in the days, way all the way back in the Shakespearean days where women were not allowed to play certain roles in the courts, right? So they were mm-hmm. not able, they were not allowed to play, like be in the theaters or whatever. And so when those theaters were being created and those stories were being created and with female roles that were supposed to be played, since women were not allowed to occupy those roles or those positions in the theater. They had men Man. do it. So that's oh, why men would dress as women, you know, to play the role, the female roles mm. because women were not allowed to do it. So it goes all the way back. But if you, as it moves all the way now to current dates, it's like now it's become an art form, right? Like it's become really where people use the art form of drag and creating these different personalities, these different personas, celebrating the feminine art form in different aspects of how they come. It's just so different now and it has oh. so many different layers that's why even if you look at the art form you just don't see just one thing you just don't see just the you see people who are trying to impersonate you know celebrities you yes. see people who actually try to impersonate the a woman and create the the, the the illusion of beauty you see you know you hear the club kids those that are trying to be all like uh, uh we call them the club kids and they they, they, they call is gender bending where they can you know celebrate both their masculine and feminine energy then you get the ones like that are the campy ones that you think of Tyler Perry, the yeah, ones that create yeah, fun yeah. for you to to laugh and yeah, laugh with them and laugh with them because there's so many different aspects now of drag. And also you see the drag kings. Yeah. The, you see the, the, the version of the men yeah. too, you know, yeah. like the females. Well, if a man if a man is going to be and do it as a woman, then a man a woman can do it and do it as a man. So you get right. that aspect of it. But it is all comes down to entertainment. It all wow. comes down to art, the art of illusion and entertainment that's right. really what drag is right. really 
Right. You know, it's kind of interesting because now that you're talking, you know, we, we had, I, I feel like we had drag queens in our own little African way back. We sure did. We sure did. I remember like times the when I was like, Remember the Zangaliwa guys? That yes, have, they like, were, the that was drag. You had a lot yeah. of, people always want to act like, oh, you know, and I will tell you the reason why it's a little bit intimidating for Africans or Cameroonians to say, oh, well, we never got, no, we had it we back home. There were many aspects, like even when we were watched. It, what was the, there, were, there were times we, we always saw men dress as women yeah. making you laugh and you yeah, laugh to them and you're like, us <laughs> laugh. yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> art. So funny. That was all, that was all drag. I think that what is intimidating, especially with my kind of presentation is because I do it almost close to the point where you wonder if I'm actually a man. You know, because yeah. I have studied the craft, my kind of drag is celebrating beauty. Yeah, It's looking yes. at a woman and saying, okay, as a woman, because I grew up in a such a way where I thought my mom was very beautiful and I think she's so beautiful. I think my sisters are very beautiful. I think my friends, I have a lot of beautiful women around me okay. and I sometimes don't even feel like they even know to what extent of how beautiful they are. Mm. So that is why a lot of times, even when I was creating BB and bringing BB to life, I was like, well, if I was going to be this kind of a woman, this is how I'm going to dress. This yes. is how I'm going to look. And it, all that is emulating a woman. And it, it, that is something to say to celebrate women that is an honor to look at a woman and celebrate so this goes back to what i was trying to say i think people get intimidated especially africans okay. when it's too close to home in terms of looking too close to a woman because yeah. if i was like the zangali was where i was all like Medea, yeah, you know yeah. or like white chicks you know there are a lot of <laughs> actors that have used the art form of drag yes. to be able to like to, to create work, right? right. And what they, we laugh at them because yes. then it's not as intimidating. But if I came with my full regalia where I'm looking so passable, yeah, then we get a little bit intimidated by intimidated. that. That's what that's yes, the problem. Uncomfortable. Oh, yes. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you make a lot of sense, actually, you know, because it didn't really occur to me until I, when you were talking and I was thinking about that. I'm like, wait a minute. We actually had drag, but they they, they came in the form of comedians, right? Making us I also laugh. dressed in drag. Yeah. I remember back in PSS Mank on March. Yes, you did. Also, oh, yes. I just, I just didn't have all the, like, the makeup, the makeup or whatever. I remember yeah. when we were going to do, when we had, we are going to do, like, the coca-cola you can ask a lot when we're gonna go to the coca-cola competitions i remember i was doing i i performed as jackie bio ah, yes <laughs> i remember <laughs> do you have like pictures of I, didn't, those? I didn't have all i didn't have all the stuff but i performed as jackie bio like i'm like what are people talking about like <laughs> Oh my goodness. I remember. I vividly remember. I remember. Oh my goodness. That was interesting. I was saying, and people loved it. I right. mean, like, I became the star overnight like that. You know what I mean? But that was drag. You yeah, know, they were entertained. Was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So right now, I mean, I really don't know. And I mean, it's okay if you don't know either. But like, how do you think, like, what is a, like, how common? is the art form of drag in Africa. Like, what do you think about that nowadays? And not, I'm not talking about Zangaliwa kind of drag. I'm talking about, like, the drag drag. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, how, like, how do you think that Africans perceive that in our current time in terms of using it for entertainment as it is done here? Because I really have not, like, heard of any, like, even a drag club or a drag show, you know, mm -hmm. in Africa. 
Yeah, or even yeah. here, even here too, because I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you've been here for a longer time. So even here, mm-hmm. like, how do you think Africans here in America or in the West as a whole are receptive to that? Because I'm sure you guys are probably the minority within your community. Yeah, well, I don't think that um, it has, I think there is, I would say, I'll answer two parts of it. Um, first of all, there are so many Africans that you wouldn't understand that I get like emails that I get from Africa. Oh, wow. So many emails oh, that I get from Africa. Number one, people who would love to use the art form and make a living. So they would love just to use that. Number two, be able to, they are just so inspired by what I do because wow. they don't have, they look at me as a role model. I never signed up for being a role model, but I feel <laughs> like with the platform, yeah. I didn't. But I feel like I come with a responsibility because what I do is a privilege and yeah. not everybody, not everybody's able to do it and not everybody does it. Yeah. So I look at what I do as a privilege. And so I, and if people say I'm a role model and they're being inspired by what I do, being an African male and all of that, I think that I'm very honored. But there are a lot of people back at home who have that desire of number one, wanting to either experience Experienced it, you know, as you know, look like you know, sitting and experiencing it, yeah. or actually being it. And unfortunately, we don't have those. It's not. I don't know any place back at home where yeah. I can say I can look. Now it's becoming a little bit progressive because of people like you, and people of so many. I you can you, again. I just feel like I'm a special child, and I always say that. And I can sound like a broken record saying it. You there's still a lot of criticisms, you know, from people who do not understand, yeah. and people who have like you know been because they don't understand me, they don't understand what I do. They say what they say, but I never put my energy around those people. There have been so many supportive Africans. There have been so many, especially the ones that are living here, have sent me messages because they they get to enjoy, once you open your mind and just see what it's all about, it's really not that complicated. Yeah. It really, like it really it's not that complicated. When you watch movies and you watch, listen to music and dance, it's really not that not complicated. That complicated. Only di- when you think of Prince, when you think of Michael Jackson, when you think of Boy Judge, when you think of Elton John, when you think of David Bowie, when you yeah. think of all of these people that yeah. are using that over-the-top uh, presentation, it's really not that difficult and difficult to comprehend. So I have not really seen any, like, heard of any drag. You know, that's why a lot of people say I'm the only one from Africa right now that has made it to that extent. So if there are any other ones that are out there, it's probably very underground because right. they, you know, they probably don't want to, you know, because they're scared of whatever But And it's so sad. It's yeah. so unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I know when we also spoke the last time, you had uh, mentioned to me about, you know, not really having mentors when you came here, mm-hmm. you know, and especially an African, you know, probably new to the environment, you know, I would only imagine the struggles and the difficulties that um, you had, you know, and, you know, I'm very sure and very certain that it was your hard work, extreme hard work that has brought you to this place because you really did Mm -hmm. not have mentors, you know, Mm -hmm. so how was that experience like for you? It was, it was very, starting off was very, and you get to see a little bit, I touch on a little bit in my film when you get to watch it, but starting off was a little bit difficult because when I came, I came to the situation, not only did I come as an African male, I came with an accent, you know, I was trying to find my own self, you know, I love my culture and you see my culture is very prominent in everything I do. Like Mm -hmm. if you go and look at my body of work, you always see that I celebrate that 
diversity. I celebrate culture. I celebrate where I come from because it's yes. very, very important that the world gets to experience where I come from yes. because it's a beautiful place. So yes. I'm very proud of it. And I find a way to integrate that in my work, in my fashion, in my presentation, in my music or whatever. But it was very difficult starting off and finding my space in the community, you know, because it's like, how do I, I didn't really, I mean, I had people that helped me. I shouldn't say I never had like complete mentors. I had people that also had a vision and believed in my vision that helped me. But a lot of it was trial and error, you know, yeah. because I felt like I came being a very unique kind of, uh, uh, of of artist, you know, and I was trying to create something that was very different as well, yeah. too, you know, integrating culture and integrating like how I, how I presented myself, the kind of music I did, all of that was different. It was it was hard, but I did believe that I had a problem. Once I, I will tell you, I went to school. I was going to MCTC in uh, here in Minneapolis, and I remember one of my friends, uh, Kathy Kathy Simmons, was like, "Oh, let me take you to a let, let's let, you know what are you doing in the evening?" I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go back home and maybe do some homework." And she's like, "Let me take you to a drag show." This was when many many years ago. I was like, "A drag show? What's a drag <laughs> show? I don't even know what a drag show is." Right. She's like. Let me take you to drag show. So we go now to the drag show. And I'm sitting there. I mean, in this beautiful show lounge. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, okay, drag show. I mean, I don't know what this is. But okay, I'm just going to go with the flow. And then all of a sudden, the curtains open. And I see this beautiful women just come down the staircase. And I said, what? Uh, oh. I said, what? <laughs> what? what, what What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> I was like, you don't understand. I my mouth just I was and so then Kathy flow. told me that those are actually that those are drag entertainers. Those are actually men. I said, Oh no, you I said Kathy, don't play with me. She said my mouth was on the floor. And that is where that is really where I got my aha moment in the art form because I knew when I was growing up as a child, I was so interested in all of that. I was interested yeah. in music. I was interested in fashion. I was interested in hair. I was interested in performance. My family would tell you all of that, but I did not know what know. form that was going to take. And so when I sat there and I saw these entertainers come out and it embraced every single aspect of what I was interested in, it almost felt like I was not crazy. Right. And I was like, oh my God. I am not crazy. Oh my God. Back at home, growing up as this little boy, I'm not like all this I was not, I was, no, I was not a fool. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, because people back then looked at me like, what's going on with this one here? But yeah. it didn't make sense until that time where the puzzles came together. And I was like, that was my aha moment. Uh, that's what I'm meant to be doing. Right. That's me on stage. Right. And that's how I started creating my craft. Yeah. That's how I started building that breath. That's how I started developing BB. That's yeah. really how I did. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. That's a very interesting story because um, a lot of what happens, especially to us back home, there were so many things that we experienced internally and even in our communities, but we just didn't have a name to it. Not that yeah. there was no name to it, we just didn't know what it was, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people from the LGBTQIA plus community as well. And that's one thing, it's like, for example, the lesbians or the gays, it's like they found like a, the lesbians just did not have any interest in boys and yeah. the gays did not really have any interest in women, but they kind of mm -hmm. found an attraction to 
some one of the same sex, but they just did not understand. They thought they were different. They thought they were weird. Like, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. And they didn't even know anything about homosexuality back then, of course, because that wasn't something that was really exist. Well, it was existing, but we just didn't have a name to it. And then now when you grow up and you see all these things, and that's why knowledge is power, very much power. Yeah. And but, you see yeah. you see mm-hmm. all these things and then you're like, wait a minute, like, this is not, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not different. I'm not weird. Like, this yeah. is, you know... But but I also but I also like to 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 also let everyone know that being a drag artist and doing what I do has nothing to do with to, bisexuality. To do, right, right. That it has absolutely nothing. nothing. You're not a doctor because you're gay. Right. You're not, right, you're, you're right, not an true. attorney because you're this. You're straight. Right. You're not. You're you're not a musician because you're this. Right. The right. art form of drag, and I feel like that's where the. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about the misconceptions, yes. but there is that big misconception. Yes, there are a lot yes. of people from the GLBTQIA community that do use the art form, but there are also a lot of people that are not from that community that also right. use the art form of drag. Drag is an art. Period. Right. Right. You know right. that that's just what it is. There's nothing else. There, let's not like I said. It's not that complicated. Not that People complicated. make it complicated because they don't want to just understand and just accept it for what it is. Right. It's an art. It's an art of entertainment, and that is that it. Is period. It. However, right. when it's all said and done, when we take up the makeup, we take up the hair, we take up the fashions, we take up whatever, we go back, back home to... as ourselves. Okay, as ourselves. Right. To live right. whatever life that we are living. Right. So now yeah. that you spoke about that, so. <laughs> In the LGB, in the acronyms, the LGBTQIA plus plus, right? So, does do you think drag falls under the Q, like the queer? I feel like drag doesn't fall. I don't feel like it falls under any of those the acronyms. I, I feel okay. like drag. Like I said, I feel like it's just like you would would you put like S in the acronyms to say singer or musician right, or M to right, say musician? Right. You know what I mean? I feel like drag is its own thing. Right. It is right. just its own. It's, it's its form, own. It's form. just the. It's just the word that defines the art form. Right. Period. Right. Right. So that's 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 very important. Thank you very much for clarifying that, and that's very important for our listeners to know, because it's very common for people to associate the art emphasis on art, the art form of drag, to a sexual identity. Because they feel like that's the way that gets understanding. Because right. or oh, because a lot of people that use the art form are from the community, from the GBTQI community, because that then, oh, then it becomes a sexual thing. It's just like someone who is gay or a lesbian or bisexual or transgender, you think that they are that because of of, of, of sex. It has nothing right. to do it with intimacy. Right. It has nothing to do with what people do in their bed. Right. You know, pe- the people identify how they identify themselves because they believe that they are born this way and that, right. they're, that they're just... That has nothing to do with their art form. That has nothing to do with, with sexuality. It has okay. nothing to do with anything of that. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Thank you for setting the record straight. <laughs> and it's and, and and there's so many layers of it. Like right. I mean, you know, that we're still everybody's still learning, and you know, every even you sitting there, Definitely. you're still learning more about yourself. Until you're gone out of this world, you're still going to discover so many things about yourself. Yes, you, exactly. <laughs> you know what That's I'm saying? So it's still a learning process. That's why people just have to have conversations yes. to be able to. You don't have to accept, but you can understand, understand. and you can yes. respect. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the purpose. That's the purpose. Honestly, that's the purpose of this podcast. Like we don't always have to agree, you know, with several ideologies, but as long as we respect and love each other and at least be tolerant, 
to each other, then I mean that's that's the whole purpose. But I don't again, even think I don't think I think I, I won't use the word tolerant. I don't think we should tolerate people because I feel like I don't you sitting there with your lovely self. I don't tolerate you. I right. love you and I accept. I I love you and I accept you yes. and I, I try to understand who you are. I don't tolerate you because I feel like to, the word tolerance is almost like let me just do it yeah, just for the just, sake. Just let for the yeah, let yeah. me just do it to just like. <laughs> Ah, I don't need you to tolerate me. Right. I need you. You know, if I'm if I'm showing you love and I'm showing respect, I expect that back in return. Respect right. and love. Right. And I always tell people because I'm also a Christian. You know, right. I'm, I'm I'm very I'm, I'm a Christian. I grew up in church. You know, I I I I, I was a choir leader for a very long time. I still sing. You know, yes. I sing, and I, I have I'm I'm very deep in my spirituality. And I do believe that's why I say I'm one of the chosen ones because I pray all the time for God to always give me guidance in what I need to do right. and how I have to be this vessel of whatever that is or whatever light that I need to shine. But what right. I would say is that we we. Our mission that we're born here to do is to love each other. Yes. That's what we're asked to do is That's to love, love each other and love. celebrate each other. That is all. I don't yes. care for what religion you are from or what ideology is. We are here to love, love one, one another, another. Yes. and to be able to celebrate one another. Everything else is left in the hands of God. It's right. left in the hands of the higher power. Right. That's the only mission. And that's what we are not doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what we're not doing for sure. Hey, judgment, like, judge, being judgmental is literally like our mantra. <laughs> our modus operandi. Especially from where right? we come from. Oh, Especially yeah. It's like reputation, reputation and image. Those two things reign. And when we when we highlight those things as, you know, the epitome of our lives, then it brings in judgments and, and all those kind yeah. of things. You know what I mean? So um, thank you very much. For and I feel that. like and I, I feel like we judge and I speak for the African community or for people for, in my opinion and my own experiences. I feel right. like we judge because we are afraid. I think because we fear and yes. because we fear, fear becomes that distraction mm -hmm. to what the purpose is. In my humble opinion, That's I feel true. like if you if you allow yourself to be present, if you allow yourself to have conversations, if you allow yourself to understand, if you allow yourself to show love to people who are even different from you, then you don't have fear and then you don't judge. Right. right. Then you actually lead the life that God is asking you putting here on earth to do. Right, You're that's very life. true. But because of everything else, that's why we're judging everybody. Yes. Because we're so scared to look at the reflection, to look at ourselves and say, wait a minute, we have the same people. That's the thing. It even brings back to when people saw me on RuPaul's Drag Race in season one, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy from Cameroon, blah, 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 blah. But the reason why people were able to relate to me is because at the end of the day, when you take the makeup off and you take everything, I'm still a human being going through the human experience. Right, right. Just like you are. Yes. That makes us equal. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I know. So I know you had mentioned before you were talking about, um, you know, just letting like for our community and our parents to just let us be right. And I also mentioned, you know, the authenticity. And um, we've definitely spoken about, you know, the importance of, you know, maintaining those roots and stuff. And I feel like that's one thing about you that makes you stand out. You know, I mean, you've been in this country for about 20 years and you still mm -hmm. manage. I remember the very first time we spoke, you were like, do I speak pigeon English? I mean, like, you were just... <laughs> I shot it. I said, you do talk pigeon. No, I mean, do that I, thing. That's I right. know. I know. I was like, oh my goodness. I love this human, you know? So like, how do you really manage to keep that authenticity? And what is very important to you uh, about connecting to your roots? 
You know what's so what's so interesting is when I when I came to this country and then I was starting off trying to figure out who BB is and and trying to build my 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 a build my artistry or uh, building BB. Right. I was it was not it was never it wasn't easy for me either. You know, I like imagine. I always knew I loved culture and I loved where I came from, whatever, but. When I came here, it was so different because, you know, when you come here, we want to talk like how people speak here. We yeah. want to dress like how everybody dresses here. We want to blend in. We don't want, you know, back in the day, you know, you didn't want to be singled out like, oh, that one is from Africa. Right. You wanted to be African like, British you wanted culture. to be like part of this. <laughs> even, you know, there was, and, and I almost tried that. And even, it was even worse going into the art form because I was like, how do I present myself? You know, how do I present, how will I yeah. dress as BB? Or how like, what kind of music will I do as BB? What kind of art, uh, pl- what would I do as BB? And I even remember, you know, people when I was uh, getting into the studio to record music and, and fashion and what, it would be like, oh, dress like this because, you know, more people would relate to you or if you sing like this and you, you know, you change your accent or if you do this, then, you know, you're going to be more relatable, you're going to blend right. in and, gonna, and it was so fr- and you see that a little bit in my documentary it was so frustrating to me and I was like, it came to a point where I said I have to be authentic the reason why i decided not to go to school and finish my degree was to come and do this to be an artist but i had i made a vow to myself at a very young age that i am going to be authentic and i'm going to live with integrity that's what i said to myself that was that was my mantra that's what I was meant to. Even when I went to RuPaul's Drag Race, yes. which we did not even know what this series competition would be, I went there with being authentic. Like, yes. I am going to go and I'm going to show who I am and what I, where I come from how and, and how we do it. Yeah. I'm going to do that. And and throughout my career, I have done it and I've done it. And I keep doing it because I feel like there is beauty in culture. There's beauty in race. There's beauty. And all of that comes in different forms of, of, of entertainment. Yeah. And I'm like, why would we have this platform where millions and billions of people are looking at us? Not everybody's looking at us as an American. Yeah. There are a lot of immigrants out there. Not everybody is an American. Nothing wrong with that. But not everybody is. And why is it that people cannot look and also see themselves and identify themselves with me being an immigrant and coming from a different country and all that stuff? So it was very important to me because that's part of my DNA. That's part of my identity, you know, and it's beautiful. I'm not ashamed of it. And I don't think people should be ashamed of it. Go out there, be proud of where you come from. Showcase that those who do not know get to know who you are. Because guess what? America is made of all immigrants. That's true. (laughs) That's the truth. Somebody comes from somewhere with a different culture. Yeah. So what makes mine any different? Right, right. I know, I know. I mean, that that's very true. And guess what? You stood out, you know? You know, because you people would say, oh, you have an accent. Where are you from? And then I look at I turn back and I look at them. I say, you also, you have an accent. Where are you from? Where are you from? You know what I mean? Yes, yes, that's very Because people true. from New York speak very different from people from Atlanta. We're different from people. We're all different, yeah, right? We're but all different. we're all living here. Yeah. Living the American dream. Yeah, so. that's very true. So talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, um, how did that impact your life? Oh, how did that impact my life? When I was asked to to do the the show, actually, I always tell this story. I've talked told this story many times, but I I really believe in that three times is a charm because <laughs> when I really do because when the opportunity presented itself, the first time the opportunity presented itself, one of my friends, Terry Hissings, who was a photographer friend of mine, and still is, you know, had called me and said, "Hey, listen, there is this competition show that is going to be happening, and they are looking for entertainers." Blah blah blah. I thought of you. I think that you'd be great because he knew that I wanted to do 
so much more than just being on stage in a club yeah. performing. So I said, oh, no, uh, uh, I don't think I want to know that. You know what I mean? Because back then, everything I saw happening was where people laughing at drag instead yeah. of laughing with, with drag. Yes. And I was like, I'm not trying to be nobody's clown. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? This is what I've decided to do for a living. And, and it, so I'm not going to want people to laugh at me instead of laughing with me. I want to be yeah. in on the joke. So I never sent my information in. Then they came to different clubs in different parts of the country to scout entertainers. And of course, they came to Minnesota and then they asked, hey, listen, who are the entertainers we need to talk to? And then my name came out. And so I wasn't, I was not in town again. They called me and I said, hey, we're here in the city. We're doing auditions. Your name came up. We would love you to be part of this thing. And I was like, mm, no, I've asked. I just told them I would, I would send my, I would send my information when I get back in the city. That's the way I got rid of them. But I still did not. And then I remember the third time RuPaul was actually sitting at uh, at the show that I was doing, and I was performing Circle of Life. He lives in you from the Lion King, oh, wow. and I was in the whole African, like I was giving you the whole galore. Oh, and I remember when I was done, I went back to my dressing room and I was taking everything off. And then um, one of RuPaul's friends said, "Hey," came to my dressing room and said, "Hey, RuPaul is here, and would love to talk to you." I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, wow!" So then he came. I met him, and you know, he's such an inspiration to me. I love what he does, and I love what he represents. And so he was like, "Hey, I'm doing the show, and I'm gonna be, you know, this is my show. I think that you're going to get an amazing competitor, and I feel like you come with a different point." of you and I would love you to be part of the show so that's when I was like well if he really is that part of the show and it's actually his show then I love him and and I respect what he does and so why not do so that's how I sent my audition tape and when I was going in there Back then, season one, we had no clue of what this was going to be. Nobody knew. They just said, pack four suitcases with everything you can pack and come into this competition. And so we just put whatever we could put and just we went there and we were just doing it like just, <laughs> just yeah, going just through the motion. <laughs> but I, I would tell you the one thing I was going in was to lead with authenticity and integrity. That was, like I said, that was my mantra. Yeah. And that has always been my mantra. I was not going to go and be anything else. Right. And that is why, and I feel like, he, you know, it, and it, it, it paid off. It paid off, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, less, I was like, you know, getting lessons from different things. Lessons is, you know, I mean, for people looking for opportunities, never give up because they never yeah. give up on you. You know what I mean? And also the do. other lesson mm-hmm. on the other side is, you know, just start, like take that risk, you know, try that thing that you're yeah. probably afraid of or you just don't care for. You never know, yeah. you know, wh- Yeah, because why. Perse- perseverance is everything. I always yeah. tell people, they say, what, what has, because this year I'm celebrating 20 years in the art form, in the industry, yeah. Uh, and people, when, when I look back and everybody say, like, what are the learning lessons? It's it's perseverance. It's dedication. It's right. it's discipline. It's all of that. Yeah. It really, really, it's all. Of, and even if you don't know where to start, like you mentioned, just start. Just start. Just start. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't make it too complicated. And, oh, I have to have all this plan in place. No. Just start. Just start. Time goes by so fast. Just start. And even that means that you have to be doing something else, you know, to keep get your bread and butter going. But then doing what you're doing in terms of living in your art or living in whatever that is in your purpose, just do it and you're going to get there. And it might not be the easiest way to get there, but you're going to get there because your gift, I do believe your gift will always make a way. I really do. That's very. If you're living in your purpose, you're going to make a way. Even when you have the difficult times, you will find a way. 
Thank you so much. That was talking、yeah. to me too. <laughs> Thank you so much. So let's talk about your documentary. Yeah, the baby's the Harabane documentary. So tell us about it. I know that you know it's going to be at the Tribeca Film Festival between、mm-hmm. June nineteenth to the twenty third. I mean, by the time we air this、uh, episode, it would have already been aired. But like, I'm sure you probably will tell us after the festival where you know people can watch the documentary. But just let us in on like all things baby's the Harabane. Well, the documentary is a very、uh, it's it's a very special part in、uh, is it's a very special thing for me、yeah. because I feel like a lot of people will get an opportunity to really、um, see who I am、yeah. and really get to get into the layers of who I am as not only as a person but also as an artist、mm-hmm. and and my journey. Emily Branham is the filmmaker, and I remember many, many, many years ago when you got into the industry, like especially in the art form. Back then, the way people got to know you is you had to run for these drag pageants.、Right. You had to <laughs> run for all these. That's how you became known in the community because when you won this drag pageant, it allowed you to travel to different parts of the country and the world, representing whatever title that is that you won, and then people get to know you, and、mm-hmm. that's how you started making money. This was back in the day. Right, like back right, when I started,、right. and I remember I won, and I won representing Minnesota. I was supposed to go to Dallas, Texas, to represent Minnesota for the national pad- drag pageant. And Emily's sister was one of my dancers, and this is Emily, a young filmmaker from New York, coming here just to say hi and sit, be with the family. And then the sister was like, "Hey, I'm dancing for this artist called Bibi. You know, you should come and just hang out with us. You know, it's gonna be fun." So Emily comes and is hanging out with us in the in the studio, and just got so intrigued by what we're doing. So she asked me. She's like, "Hey, I know you're going to. De- I'm also a young filmmaker. I know you're going to Dallas. Can I just follow you just to document your process from Minnesota to Dallas into、right. the competition?" I was like,、oh, "Yeah, let's do it. Why not?" So she comes to Dallas, and it's a whole different world、wow. to her. And then in that in that process, she was having conversations with me and just knowing how unique I was. And when we got back to Minnesota, she's like, "I." Would love to follow your life. I would love to do a documentary about you. I would love to do your documentary about your craft and everything. And that's how where it all began. And 15 years later, it hasn't become now only about my、uh, my artistry, but also about my you know what. Where I come from and、yeah. and my history and all that. So that's what that is, and it's it's just about my my work, and you get to see a lot, a lot, a lot of different sides of me and and what the journey has been. So、right. you're talking to your viewers. I feel like especially our people、yeah. will find that documentary very interesting. They will right, find it very、right. interesting, and hopefully they take something away from them because it's not only about drag. Yeah.、Uh, whatever. The, That I learned applies to every. There's something hopefully that you pick from that applies to every single one of us,、right. and that's pretty much. It's called being BB, and、oh. I'm very excited about it. I'm very honored that my story can be out there. You、yeah. know, hopefully. <laughs> Probably a young boy or young、too. girl or someone will look at it and be like, "Okay, I can be Bibi as well、right. too." You know, I want to be Bibi. You know, I want、right. to be just like Bibi. You know, and also know that they can be successful at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. Now, how can we watch? Because, like I said, by the time this is already airing, it will be past the premiere on the Tribeca Film、mm-hmm. Festival. So, how can people like get have access to that?、Um, 
masterpiece after well it's it's gonna it's gonna find its home that's why right now what we'll be doing is going to the different festivals and premiering at different festivals right. and then finding the right home for right. it so i would just say people should just look out for it you know they should follow me because i i put everything being bb in my situation so social media you know just follow me and you would know exactly right. where the home would be at so you can have access to watch it if you're not able to do tribeca right and i will actually put uh, um, Marshall's uh, social media information in the show notes section. So if you want to follow him, you can always, you know, check that out. Now, um, let's take a little break from the projects. We're going to come back to it. I just wanted us to touch on, you know, like some facts and myths about, you know, the art of drag. Uh, I know we already uh, spoke about, you know, briefly about the one that, you know, being drag is not synonymous to being gay. And it's funny how I learned about that, right? Because um, I just randomly stomped upon like this documentary um on youtube one day and i don't know if it's facebook or youtube it was it was a uk documentary like this man his he has a full-time job a father he has a wife he's a father of four kids and he just loved the art of drag and he actually always performed in the weekends um at -hmm. the drag clubs and the drag events you know so um it was very intriguing you know, because before then, I actually just thought, you know, hey, drag queens want to be women and they're, you know, they're gay. So or they like men. It's like want to be women who like men. Right. So that's just that's just what I thought, you know. So let's yeah. debunk that ideology right now, right here. <laughs> let's take that ideology and put it in the trash and burn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Let that ideology never exist anymore. Yeah. Never right. anymore. Right. But I, like, but I mentioned before, like I said earlier on during our conversation, it's that it is an art form. That's all that is, and I, I think I cannot explain even any more better because. It's just simply an art form and and it does not define it's not through gender, it's not through sexuality or any of that sort. It's just another form of art. Right. That is it. That's right. all that it is. Right. Everything else other than that is people's personal lives and personal businesses or whatever. But when it comes to the to the artistry of it all, that's all it's just an art form. Okay. So I get up in the morning, just like you go and do what you do. You wear, I don't know what you wear to go to work. I wear what I wear to go go to work and I get paid a lot of money. Trust me, if it was a way of living, I would not be doing it because this thing is no joke. I do like... It's no joke. It's, it's no not joke. no one, two, you know, Cinderella's st- uh, um, mother like just, <laughs> right? godmother just did it all of it. No, it's a lot and a lot of work. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of discipline. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's a lot of emotional because you have to transform and be something, something else. else. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's your spirituality comes to play, you know, your, Everything comes to play. It's right. a lot, you know. So people yeah. don't even understand the layers of what it takes to do that. Yeah. And trust me, if that was just a way of living, I would not want to live that way. Oh, you know, okay. I do it because I get paid a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Wow. To do what I do. And that's all that is. It's just an art. Yeah. And, and you know, that brings me to my next um, 
fact or myth because some people think anybody can do <laughs> be a drag queen and mm-hmm. I, I mean personally i don't think so because that's they can it try takes, it's just like any, not anybody can be an actor <laughs> right not anybody can be a singer <laughs> so what yeah. do you think about that well they can try <laughs> <laughs> right they, they can try I, that's all i say i'm not even gonna say i'm not even gonna tell you if you can go ahead and try <laughs> right when you try and then you, then come and let me know because right. even those that have, are doing it now it's such a skill that yes. you have to learn it's such a skill you know right. and when people look at us and they see everything they're like oh my gosh it is such a skill and you have to study and you have to work on it every day. It's not something you snap. Oh, I'm going to throw some lift. And I'm talking about those that live in your truth and live in your purpose. Right. You know, anybody can get up and slap makeup and slap wigs and slap. Yeah. And that's true. But the true artists, the true artists, it's such a skill. Right. which it's not meant for everybody. And if you're not meant to do that, because I'm, there's so many times, even me doing what I'm doing, that I've wanted to give it up. There have been right. plenty of times. I'm like, what? What? Because you get to those really, really frustrating moments. Yeah. But because it, it's my purpose and it's because I'm living in my purpose, I find a way to get back to why I began and started doing it in the first place. Right. But it is no joke. So I just tell the people, go try it. Try it, like, you know. <laughs> try it <for> yourself, right? <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much. So the last fact or myth is one has to be transgender to be a drag queen. <laughs> what oh, my God. <laughs> Really? Right. Well, you know, it's 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 a silly question, but I think it's a valid question because you know, like the drag queens, they look like women, right? Mm-hmm. So you would think, you know, they or maybe they've done surgery or something like with boobs mm-hmm. and taken out their part, you know, like being mm-hmm. a transgender. So I mean, that that, that kind of is a valid. You no, know. but if you talk to a tra- if you talk to a transgender individual, they would tell you that they do believe that they were born whatever way that they're presenting themselves right, and right. that is their truth period it has yes. nothing to do with what how, what they do for work for work yes. so a transgender individual has their identity has nothing to do what they do for a living okay. and i always tell people it's very simple like this do you feel like if i decided today that i wanted to be something else or or, or live my truth in, 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 i then i stop being an artist hmm do I stop singing? No. Do I stop acting? Right. Do I stop being a performer? No, I don't. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Your gifts are not taken away because away from you because you're living your life you're, in, yeah, in, you in, in truth. Your gift is not taken away from you. Yes. And so you would see drag entertainers, you would see trans women, you would see trans men also using the art form. The art, yes. Which is entertainment yes. to entertain. And when it's all done, we all go home and live our lives how we live our lives in our troops. Right. That's right. it. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank your you gift so is much. not taken away from you because of how you live your life. Right, right, right. I mean, like, and that also emphasizes the need for us to differentiate between art and to differentiate between identities. So I actually want to urge, sure. yeah, I want to urge, you know, everyone listening to actually go just do a Google search on what, you know, the art form of drag is. And then also do a Google search on all the acronyms, LGBTQIA, you know, all those things to really get that differentiation on, you know, there's some of them, some of the letters are based on identity, 
right? Almost all, all actually are based on identity. Mm -hmm. So that's something that, you know, I mean, just those who are willing to, you know, learn and understand for sure. Hopefully a lot want to learn and understand. Right. Hopefully, you know, because it's important. Knowledge is power. Right. It's very important to know. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's very true. Now, um, back to your project. So what other things are you currently working on? I know there's the series, the Dragnificent series on TLC. So tell us about that and what you do on the series. Well, uh, oh, my gosh. What am I? First of all, what are the, the Dragnificent series? I also what people don't know is that when I'm not on stage performing, I actually work as an event planner. I do decor and design. Yes, I go to people's houses and I make it look really fabulous. Right. Yes, I do weddings. I do parties. I do all of that. Yes, I really, nice. I really turn it. Nice. I turn it. Right. I turn you really it. have an eye. I see. <laughs> and, that's, and to be honest with you, that's a lot that helped me during uh, COVID was going. I did a lot of like virtual consultations right. because People were stuck at home and couldn't do anything. So they would just, I would do consultations where I show them where to put everything, you know, and I would do, and I would do decor in their homes just virtually. So right. that's amazing. So well, uh, on TLC, you know, we're four different specialists, you know, and we just basically go and find these different individuals that are going through some really hard times in their lives. And we help them through the transformation process, bring them some joy and also help them get to celebrate something that is special to them. And that's right. where I come from, where I come in is creating, you know, the atmosphere, creating the ambience and all that stuff so i'm really excited about that series but also what i'm doing right now is i'm working on more music because a lot of people have been asking okay when is the next music when is the next thing coming out so i'm definitely in the studio working on on, on music right. i will be going on tour again <laughs> you know awesome. now that things are, are opening i will be going on tour right. um i just uh i launched my own company my own individual company called the lavish lab which is of course my decor and design company right. um so people can you you know, I can go out there and just bring some sprinkles of fairy dust in people's, right. you know, special dreams or whatever, <laughs> you know, and, and, and do all of that. And most of all, what I'm so proud of this year is I'm going to be launching um, a project which is going to bring different artists. Um, because I, like I was saying, I was celebrating, I'm celebrating 20 years in the industry. Yeah. And when I reflect of how my journey has, I don't want the next person to have to go through that journey, right? Yeah. It, doesn't, it, can, it doesn't have to be that hard. So I would love to bring an artist, like different artists together to to create a collective where we can support each other's visions and we can encourage each other's visions. We can inspire each others in whatever we want to do and just be and just create art and be powerful in that that's that space. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing and I'm going to be doing a collective. But what my heart's desire is <laughs> is to do something with home. I want to yes. do something with artists from Cameroon. Yes. I really want to collaborate with artists at heart. I want to do something for home because while this place is beautiful and America is it's like my second home. Cameroon is my first home. And I would love, love that the joy that we do and that we bring in and everything in the artistry and not just drag. And when I talk about that, I'm not talking about just drag. I'm just right. talking about art. art. <laughs> I'm talking about art. I, it's very special. It's special to me and we need it. When we talk about COVID, like you mentioned, yeah. co- art saved people People. during covid so we can sit and say oh you know now when things are getting better now we don't even think about it art art saved people's lives during covid and i can tell you that firsthand because people have shared stories with me of what even when i released art around that time what it did to them and that's why i would love to do something back at home in whatever shape or form and create some sort of a collective with 
my people to go back at home and turn the party. That's my heart's desire. That's right. what I would love to do. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, hey, if there's any way that I can contribute, I'm not an artist. But... Oh, you will, you, you will be. You will be. Right. Oh, you'll be. Right. I trust you. I trust you. So where can people find your work? You know, I know you have a lot of songs on YouTube. Uh, where else can people find your work? I'm everywhere. I'm on social media, on Instagram, BBC Sahara, um, Facebook, BBC Harbonnet, you know, Twitter, you know, you can BBC Harbonnet, you know, my website, bbzaharbonnet.net. I mean, I mean, there's no way you cannot find me. I'm all over the place. And, you know, I just first of all, just want to say, uh, use this this opportunity to just really be thankful to all my African brothers and sisters that have reached out, you know, and that right. keep continuing reaching out. And they are always sending me love and light and encouragement of what I do and what how my work also impacts them. I just want those people out there to know that, you know, I receive it. I receive it and I'm humble, right. you know, receiving it. And, you know, like I said, I was never asked to be a role model, but I know what I do is a privilege and it comes with responsibility. And I want to to lead with, with with being that responsible individual and also so I, I thank you for the love and light and all we need to do is really support each other support the brothers and sisters back at home support the young kids that are growing up who are trying to explore who they are and 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 trying to find out who their identity is whether it's personally or professionally let's just allow let's just allow each other let's give ourselves some grace that's all i would say let's just give ourselves some grace that's all because that's really what we're meant to do is just to give grace to show love and to celebrate each other that's all we ask here to do and i just hope that that's what happens because (laughs) and i know and and i really want to thank you too for sharing your voice thank you for being that light in our community thank you for just being yourself for being you for being authentic you know and a lot of us are watching i've always watched you we've had conversations in the past and um i i really really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to have this conversation because that i would always do that i would always do it for my people right. i would That's i think what i, I, think I would That's... always do it it's and, and i know it was it's a busy day but it was very important to have this conversation yes. with you because i also know that the people that listen to you are from where we come from right. and i would love opportunities to do more of these conversations and have more of these dialogues right. with 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 our community because right. i do it already here with everybody else yes. i do it here with all the bigger platforms yes. but it's important for our communities to start having these, these conversations. conversations that's how we just move humanity forward that's just how we make ourselves better right. that's that's just all that's just how we're gonna be that's just how we're gonna do it right you know and, and i'm so yeah. glad about that because that also aligns with the purpose of this podcast to spark these conversations that hopefully will not only end here right so we can take these conversations to our various circles and you know talk Talk about them, talk about these topics openly with, you know, no judgments and just learn <laughs> from one another, which is the ultimate purpose as well yeah. of this podcast. So we have unfortunately come to the end of this. Oh, <laughs> well, we're going to be watching. You're going to be seeing more of us. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. For sure. <laughs> so we've come to the end. Unfortunately, it was such an awesome conversation. It's always enlightening always inspiring always so nice talking to you and and for the listeners i hope that you have learned something from this conversation i have learned personally i've learned a lot of things and um 
I just hope that, again, this conversation doesn't end here. Let's all learn to love and respect one another, even though we may not And give each other grace. Yes, and give each other grace, for sure. And until then, we will talk next in the next episode. Bye. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to participate in the show or find out more helpful resources, then visit www.livingafricanpodcast.com for more information or email us at hello at livingafricanpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to connect with us on all social media platforms at Living African Podcast. You can also connect with Anyo directly on Facebook or Instagram at Anyo. Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.